thanks for joining me around our Cool Gems Pojang Mata table where we talk about dramas. I am so glad to have you here. Today, I am watching Itaewon Class and it's an absolute roller coaster. I can't wait to get into it. I've just watched the first four episodes and I have stopped to get off my chest. So here's your spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, you know, go watch it, come back and we can talk about it. But if you have, pour yourself a drink and let's talk about it. I am loving it right now. And I honestly can't wait to get back to watching it after I've recorded this episode, this podcast episode, I mean. But I almost did not make it this far. I wanted to quit halfway through episode 2. Because I was just so mad, you know? Anyone else? Hear me out, okay? I love the drama, it's just... And I'll tell you how I fell in love with this drama too. So as you know, in episode 1 and 2, we see the backstory of Serui, um, that is Park Sojin's character. We get introduced to very strong underdog, David and Goliath, um, the odds are against us kind of themes. And we get to see how unfair this drama universe is. Right from the start, we see the CEO of the company pulling the sponsorship from the orphanage just because it wasn't trendy anymore. And then as it progresses, we see school bullying and the teacher and principal allowing it to happen just because of who the bully is. You know, he is the CEO's son. And so there's that very heavy class discrimination thing going on here. This is a relatively common Korean drama theme, as you probably know, that, you know, people with wealth and status get to make the rules and get to get away with everything. Obviously, Seroi in this drama is framed as a hero. He stands up for what he believes in, um, even if standing up might lead to some nasty consequences. He doesn't care about that. He just wants to stand up for what's right. But when he stands up, he gets quashed by those in authority, by those in power. And you know, in that scene where he goes to confront the bully and the teacher comes back to class, Sidoi was asking the teacher like, did you see this? And the teacher just pretended to be blind to the whole thing. And then we see Sidoi getting mad and you know, beating up the bully and he gets punished for his actions while the bully gets off scot-free. Speaking of which, I want to commend the drama on this, that they did not justify violence. Even though we all think Kun Won is a jerk and the actual, you know, people in power, that is the teachers, the principal, did not step up to, you know, exercise their authority and to carry out the school rules, the story is not told in a way where Seroi is right to beat up Kun Won in an he-deserves-it kind of way. And you can see that in the scene later that he has with his dad, where his dad was teaching him how to drink, and his father said something like, violence is never the answer. And you got rightfully punished for that, with the expulsion. Instead, the drama addresses the actual unfairness of this whole situation, that is, the fact that Kun Won got away with his actions. Seroi was told to apologize, to get on his knees. While Kinwon was just acting self-righteously like a victim. And he doesn't have to apologize even though he bullied someone. Kinwon does not get held accountable for his actions. Seroi's dad is forced to resign. That is the real unfairness. 
And I think the drama treated that whole idea of unfairness really well. It's about the fact that there is no justice from the people who are supposed to be impartial, who we are supposed to look up to, people with positions of authority, people who are supposed to exercise wisdom with their power and their authority. And when Tsidoe refused to kneel to apologize for his actions, the CEO confronted his dad and asked him, what do you think of this? That was an absolute mic drop moment. I was so worried for one moment what he was gonna say to that, because he seems like a great dad. It's pretty obvious that his son loves him and looks up to him and respects him, and he teaches his son great values. But then early on in the drama, we see him not wanting to get on the CEO's bad side, even for something that he thought was wrong. So I was on the edge of my seat at this moment. I just didn't know which way he would swing, you know? Would he go with his son? Or would he bow his head in front of the CEO and just try to make amends? But he stood by his son and that moment just hit me when he said he is so proud of his son and he is so amazed by him. That was so, that was such a great father-son moment. I mean, in the Korean drama world, there's not a lot of good parent-child relationships that come by. But you know, he was forced to resign even though he was a very capable employee and it was just completely unfair. And I honestly thought at this point that this was enough. This was enough unfairness. We've talked about class discrimination. We've talked about rich people bad, no values, no morality. <laughs> We've talked about corruption in a sense where the teacher and principal just ignores the bad things that Kunwon is doing just because of who his father is. And with the father setting up his own restaurant, I thought that this was going to be the story of how they fought together as the underdog and how the company Tanga might try to crush them and try all sorts of dirty things to just stop them from expanding and succeeding. And this father-son duo fighting an honest and brave and hot battle against this systematically unfair world. I thought that would make a good story. But they had to go ahead and make it even more unfair. You're probably wondering now how much of the synopsis I read before I watched this drama. I did read the synopsis, but I just completely forgot, you know? My mind is just full of holes. I know the synopsis mentions that he's an ex-convict, so I know that whole jail thing had to happen, but um, I completely forgot about it. It reminds me of this one time before watching Spider-Man Far From Home. I read the spoiler about the movie, but I went into the movie and because it didn't come up, I dismissed it in my head and forgot all about it, but then it happened. I am not good with these things. But his father was like the one light in this very unfair world, the one good thing that Seroi had, and they had to take him away from him. You know that scene where he was talking on the phone to his son, and he was on his bike, and it cuts to the shot of him kind of like wobbling, I don't know if that's the right word, but a shot from the back. And then it cuts to a shot of his family photo on his bike. And that was when I knew, like I knew, and I was bracing myself for impact. But I was still kind of really hoping that it wouldn't happen. But of course, of course, of course it had to happen. And it was just absolutely heartbreaking. And from here on out, I was just 
really, really upset by many things. Um, how unfair this whole thing is setting out to be. And I had many thoughts about quitting the drama. Like, you know, Seroi finds out that the culprit of this whole accident was Kunwon. And he goes to beat him up. For his actions, he went to jail while Kinwon got off completely scot-free and put the blame on his poor gardener who did no wrong. The police who tried to investigate got completely shut down and Sedoi got beat up in prison. So it was like all these unfortunate and very unfair circumstances just piling on one after another and I was just so angry. I kept pausing the video to just go like, ah, you know. <laughs> you can probably hear what's going on outside. Um, probably the birds, probably that it's raining because I did not close my windows. I know, sacrilegious, but <laughs> it's so hot and stuffy and... I... yeah, I'm sorry. But look, if you are at a Pojang Mata, you can probably hear the birds too, I think. I have never been to one, but I would assume you can. So this is on brand, right? Anyways, where was I? Um, I know these two episodes were meant to rile you up, so that when he wins, because he will win, seeing as he is the main character, it will be extra satisfying. But wow, the odds were literally all against him. There's the stigma of being an ex-convict. He didn't get to graduate high school. Justice is like non-existent in this universe. The one person on his side died. It was a very strong, very me-against-the-world kind of thing. Okay, yeah, there was Sua, but I honestly, I, I just, I don't know how I feel about her right now, so... So I really was gonna quit and just, and never talk about this drama again, because we only talk about Gunchem dramas, and I texted Jay, um, who you might remember from the first episode of this podcast, and I was saying something like, I can't do this, I cannot finish this drama. But for some reason, I clicked on episode 3 and it was a complete blessing. We got introduced to the Tanbam staff with their colorful personalities and dynamics. We got introduced to the female lead, right? I think she's the female lead at least. I'm a little bit confused right now because she wasn't in the first two episodes. Well, she was in the first episode, but for like 20 seconds? Toi So is her name, played by Kim Tami, and she's this character who is nothing like anyone we've ever seen before. She's this fiery, fearless, intelligent, callous kind of character. I don't mean careless, but callous as in C-A-L-L-O-U-S. Uh, <laughs> although she doesn't care much for anything, she's just doing what she wants to do, not from a sense of heroism. She's just doing things her own way. Like in that scene where that woman comes up to slap her and she was stopped by Sidoi, 
Iso just went ahead and slapped her. And I just think she is a very interesting character who I definitely want to see more of. So that's what I'm going to do after recording this episode. I feel like I should clarify here in case, you know, there are impressionable young teens um, that I don't mean that you should go out and slap people just because you want to. Um, we do not condone that here. But as a drama character, because she is so different from every other drama characters I've seen, I am very interested to see where this drama takes her. And that's what I mean by saying that she is a very interesting character. Please do not, <laughs> please do not partake in violence. We also have Kim Dong-hee's character, Kun-soo, who I was looking forward to right from the beginning of this drama because I just watched Extracurricular and I loved it. Hopefully, we'll have an episode on that soon. So I have a huge soft spot for Tong Yi and that translates to his character as well. And the reason I'm watching Itaewon class after extracurricular is to see him because he's just such a promising young actor. He is so good. But I completely forgot that he was in this drama. <laughs> so when he came on, it was such a welcome sight. I'd say that the introduction to all these new characters is what really sold the drama for me and that's when I really started to fall in love with this drama. Cause the first two episodes told of this very frustrating and agonizing story of how unfair this whole universe is. But in episode 3, we start to really come into the story of the drama and we start to see the development of great relationships and dynamics, likable characters instead of villains, we start to get introduced to the other themes of youth, of dreams, of fighting back, standing up, guarding your values. It starts to resonate more as a anthem kind of drama. You know when you listen to anthem songs and they're just very powerful songs about fighting back, about not backing down, you know, tossing fears into the wind, forging your own way, you know, with huge, like, loud chorus type echoes i don't know you you might be confused you're probably thinking what is she going on about this drama kind of really reminds me of all those anthem songs it's a very strong empowerment focused youthful kind of theme and there's the whole coming of age kind of thing going on too with isa and kunsu which honestly is a delight to watch because I think it's personally really relatable. And after watching episode 3 and episode 4, I was just really, really pumped, you know, and just ready to like chase my dreams. And <laughs> But I gotta say, I am not a fan of Sua right now. I know why she did what she did. I mean, the whole calling the cops on a friend. I know she's torn up about it and she cares deeply for Seroi, but it's just a little bit manipulative, you know? And she was completely making use of Seroi's feelings, who has just been very openly honest with her. And I just really don't understand because she had this father daughter relationship with Seroi's dad, and this company is the company that he was forced to resign from. It's also the one that covered up the real cause of his death. She really cared about Seroi's dad. She really cares about Seroi. So I don't understand. 
But overall, I am really intrigued by the story so far. I want to know what happens. I want to see what happens with Sua. I want to see what happens with the new characters. I want to see their relationships grow and blossom, and I just want to get back to watching it. <laughs> what about you? What do you think of the first four episodes? Did you like it? Who is your favorite character so far? Let me know what you think. Thanks for joining me on another episode of Cool Gems. I hope you had a good time. Gotta admit, some of my impressions of the drama have changed since um recording this episode. So it's kind of funny listening back to it now because you know. <laughs> I'm not gonna say anymore because I don't want to give anything away. But let me know what you think. You can find me at Cool Gems Pod on Instagram or Twitter, and I'll see you on the next episode of Cool Gems, which comes out every Tuesday.